that one moment or one play that makes all the difference in our lives. It's going to connect who we are with who we become. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast I'm your host, Coach Damon Wilson, and on this podcast, it is my job to track down the best goalies in the sport, the best coaches, the best trainers, tease out those details, those things that you can use in your own lacrosse goalie game to get better. If you guys attended the March 2021 Lacrosse Goalie Summit 3, when people joined, I asked them, what is the number one challenge you're actually facing as a lacrosse goalie? It's the main thing I can help with. And overwhelmingly, the number one answer that I saw was the mental game. People needed help with the mental game, with mental toughness. And so what I've done is gone out and find mental toughness experts, mental game coaches. And that's who we have on today's episode. It is Dr. Rob Bell, a mental toughness coach and a sports psychology expert. He's worked with national championships in all uh, different sports, Olympic medalists, PGA Tour golfers. He's the author of seven books. He's got a podcast about sports psychology called 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness. He's done Ironmans, marathons, ultra marathons, a really, really accomplished resume. And I think you're really going to love this conversation because we talk about what else? the mental game, and how lacrosse goalies can get stronger mentally. He's a very awesome guy. So ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this conversation with Dr. Rob Bell. Before we begin this conversation with Dr. Rob Bell, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is my own virtual lacrosse goalie summit. Uh, if you've attended one of the three summits, you know how awesome these events are. Top goalies, top coaches in our sport just dropping knowledge unlike anything that's really out there. It's just so amazing uh, what they're able to produce, and I know people love it and they learn so much. I'm actually running a special right now. So if you listen to this and you go to laxgoalierat.com coach, you can get free access to watch any of the 44 different sessions for 24 hours, okay? So you can sign up there, get access, watch everything that you want for free for 24 hours, and learn, and learn, and get better, all right? That's the promo we're running. That is the sponsorship for this podcast. Once again, it is my own virtual lacrosse goalie summit. Go to laxgoalierat.com goal, and you can get signed up to check those out. Uh, for 24 hours. Enjoy the show. All right. Perfect. Um, cool. Well, I am here with Dr. Rob Bell, mental toughness coach, sports psychology expert, really impressive resume, Dr. Bell. I know you worked with national champs, Olympic medalists, PGA uh, golfers. You've authored six books and, and I've offered one. And I got to say that that might be the biggest accomplishment right, right there. Uh, well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. 
Awesome. Thanks, Damon, for having me, buddy. And it's seven, though. Seven books, man. Seven books. Yeah, wow. Puke and Rally. It's not about the setback. It's about the comeback. That was number seven. I shortchanged you. I shortchanged you. I'm sorry about that. Uh, well, awesome. I put it in there, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I guess the first question I've got for you, maybe even just the biggest question, you know, you're, you're a mental toughness coach. How do you define mental toughness? So I'm a, I'm a jeans and t-shirt kind of guy, right? Like I'm, I'm still a cash and carry. And I think we got to keep this as simple as we can, because I think if you peruse the internet, you're going to have tons of definitions and tons of skills that they'll talk about what it is. And, and first of all, mental toughness, like it's not going to win anybody a championship, but we have to realize that if you don't have mental toughness, it will lose it for you. Mm-hmm. And so mental toughness, if you have to define it very simple, it's one, how we perform well under pressure. So we're all going to have these half two moments. So how we perform under pressure. And then the other part about mental toughness that we're all going to encounter, not a matter of if it's just when, but it's how we deal, handle, and cope with the adversity in life. And that's it, is how we deal with the adversity. So whenever I'm speaking, I'll ask like, hey, who really wants to be mentally tough? All right, well, who wants to have adversity this week? Like nobody raises their hand, but, you, but adversity has to be present in order for there to be able to exercise this mental toughness. But that's all it is, man. How we perform under pressure and how we cope with the adversity, the setbacks and the struggle in life. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, now I've been studying so much mental toughness. I don't know if I got it. I learned it from your um, from your workshop, uh, from your boot camp, or from somewhere else. But one of the things I heard is, you know, mentally tough people actually uh, embrace those challenges. It's it's this idea that like, you know, smooth seas do not make a great sailor. So right. So I want I want that adversity. I want those challenges because that's an opportunity for me to get to get better. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. And that's where it's like, uh, you know, stormy, uh, stormy seas make uh, better surf, you know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and it is, man. So that's why I think like in life too, it's not like, you know, even asking that question and thinking about, you know, existential question about, do we want adversity? I think we have to create that adversity in our lives and we have to be able to seek it out because it's going to seek us out. So are we creating that? Are we manufacturing that, you know, in practice, in our life, because we are going to, to experience it. So I always say, look, if we, can, if we can encourage it and encounter it in our life, then we're going to get better when the uncontrollable adversity is going to hit. And those become the really, really difficult ones. So that's, that's the point about, I always think, you know, creating those environments. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the biggest things that, you know, the biggest challenges that goalies have mentally is, conf- is confidence, or I guess better said lack, lack thereof, like lack of confidence. When you're working with an athlete, you know, what do you, what do you say to them? What do you recommend to them to, to build up that confidence, especially when they're like just getting started and, and they rightfully so like have no confidence, if, if you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a great question, man. There's a lot of factors that go into confidence. Mm-hmm. So I think it, like in the game of chess, like confidence is king. And the reason why I say that is because it's how the game is lost, once you lose confidence as a player, as an athlete, you know, as a parent, as a speaker, whatever it is, once you lose confidence, that word, that's when it gets difficult for it to come back. Mm-hmm. And really all confidence is, is it's just a feeling. That's all it is. And let me, let me point that out why. Because when you are confident and when you're feeling good, like let's use go, go to the gym, for instance. We go to the gym 
we work out, we run, we exercise, man, we feel better. Yeah. We think we even look better. We look no different than what we were the hour and a half or 45 minutes before when we came in, but we feel better. And so we feel confident. That's why confidence is just a feeling. If I ever ask an athlete, what do you think about when you're playing your best? The answer is always the same. Uh, nothing. You know, I'm just reacting. I'm just kind of in the moment. Well, I mean, isn't, isn't that confidence? So and that's where I'd argue it is, you know, so it gets into our focus a lot of times, but confidence is just a feeling. So here's the key. When we're not confident, what it turns into is it turns into thoughts. Now we're thinking. It doesn't mean the thoughts are negative, like don't mess up or don't screw up. It's just we're thinking more. And when we think too much, we get off at the wrong exit. You know, we're not allowing our natural talent to be able to come through because we're trying to think. And, and that's where confidence becomes a huge factor in what we're doing. So I always say this, though. If ever we're working with an athlete, and if there's an athlete that I think you had to take away the confidence as an issue, because if I tell an athlete or if an athlete thinks that they're not confident, then what that means is, is that they've been telling themselves a story about why they're not confident. And the dialogue that's in their head is about why they can't be successful, why they're not going to be good enough. So it's, it's taken that away. I don't think it's confidence is your problem. You're focused on the wrong stuff. Think about the things that you're saying to yourself. You know, that's a negative dialogue that you got on there. The focus is wrong. If we focus wanting to be in that opportunity, wanting to be in that game, wanting those pressure situations, now the confidence just changes into our focus. And that's where I think, man, the focus really becomes the more important mental skill. Confidence becomes a huge skill outside of the sport, but it's really, man, it's then it's getting back to what are the things that I'm saying to myself on a repeat basis that I'm not even aware that I'm saying to myself, that's what really what builds the confidence or it's going to take the confidence away. And, you know, confidence, man, it can take years to build, man. It takes seconds for it to crush, Yeah. you know, one. And, and that's, that's the fragility of confidence. But I always say, look, confidence is king game of chess. It's how the game is lost. Focus, yeah. focus is queen. It's how the game is won. You win the game of chess by moving your queen in terms of, what are we focused on? And that's why I think, man, it's, that's why body language is so important because the confidence is a feeling and it's what we say to ourselves. I love it. I love it. Um, and I could keep going for hours on it, man, no, but I know you, we got a I show know. to do. So I know you could. Yeah, I know you could. And I, I love hearing it. It gets, gets me pumped up. Um, so I, I took your, the no one gets there alone challenge. It's a 30 day, uh, you know, mental toughness challenge. And what you were just talking about right now were actually probably two of my, my favorite lessons. And that is one day is like, let's identify the negative things that we say, this negative self-talk track that goes on in our head. Let's like forgive ourselves. Let's go easy on ourselves. And then let's say, you know, what could we say in place of that? Um, and I think that's what you're saying about confidence is, is let's, you know, let's identify what we say to ourselves in a very negative way and, and like replace it with something that's positive. Right. It is, man. And sometimes it's, it's even, it's even just not being negative. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to say, Hey man, be positive. Sometimes, man, it's going to be motivational. Sometimes it's going to be instructional, the things that we got to say to ourselves, but it's always getting mm -hmm. back to really not being negative in that kind of situation. Yeah. And I'll be honest, man, for your listeners, buddy, I'm horrible at it. And the reason why I'm horrible at it is because I'm horrible at letting go of mistakes. And if you show me somebody that can let go of mistakes, that can refocus, I will show you somebody that's confident, man, that believe in themselves. 
Mm-hmm. And really, it's just boiling down to this, man. Do I believe it's going to work out? If I believe it's going to work out, my belief is it all works out in the end. If it hasn't, it's just not the end. But that's the belief that it is going to work out. Then we can operate from that standpoint moving forward. If we don't, man, then every bump in the road, every adversity that we're going to face is going to erode that confidence just a little bit because it's not happening the way that we want it to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, the interesting thing about lacrosse goalies, like the unique aspect of this position is, you know, we give up a lot of goals, like 50% is very good save percentage. So you're giving up 13, 14, 15 goals a game. And that's very, you know, you still have that isolation factor of a soccer goalie, of an ice hockey goalie, where it's just you, it's just you out there. You know, you got some of that going on in golf too, right? Where it's, it's just you, you, it's a personal thing, but you experience like this amazing failure 15 times in a game and it can be very tough uh, and you talk about you know you talk about like the ability to refocus um how, how do we do that what, what's your recommendation there yeah it's a good one man i think especially with that that's why with lacrosse goal is it, it is so unique right because even in the game of soccer man one goal yeah can be the difference yeah and how we deal with that is we've got We've, I think we've got to have these triggers. We've got to have these cues. We've got to have these refocus techniques that we do. And what the biggest thing to be able to do, man, is to have a routine about what happens after the goal is let up. Mm-hmm. Because again, we know it's going to happen. Well, what's our routine to be able to let that go? And sometimes it's physical. Sometimes it's, it's audible being able to say something, but you know, um, sometimes it's, it's, uh, you know, physical, like I said, we have to be able to do something physical. And then sometimes it's visual, man. We got to have that visual cue that helps us refocus. Mm-hmm. And it's finding out what works for us and then getting outside of our own head. Yeah. We've got to get outside of our own head, man. We have to be able to focus on somebody else in that situation. Because if I'm focused on myself, like I said at the beginning, I'm stuck inside my own head, I'm behind enemy lines. And then that's when I make another mistake. And then another mistake. And then that's when it spirals. If I get outside my own head by encouraging a teammate, by telling them, you know, instruction or, or, or picking them up, I'm outside of my own head, man. But the big thing is I'm kind of talking to myself at the same time. And that's why that becomes effective technique. Yeah, that was another great. Le- I don't want to give away all the lessons in the, in oh, the do challenge. It, man. <laughs> it's definitely worth going through. If you guys are listening to this, check it out. Uh, we'll leave some links at the end. Uh, but the other lesson there was... Um, you know, by helping others, you're helping yourself. I love that. That is so powerful because even as me, like, like trying to then teach others mental toughness, I notice, like, you know what, like I'm putting these things into play in my own life and I'm getting mentally tougher in my, in my business and with the people I work with. So I think that's such an important concept that not a lot of goalies realize is, Hey, if you think, if you want to learn mental toughness, like go encourage someone else. If you, if you're, if you're, um, what was the example you gave? You're lacking confidence. Go like send someone a text today, encouraging them to be confident. Um, it's such a powerful point. So thank you for teaching me that. Absolutely, man. And the, and the you know the basis behind it is like, I don't think we were meant to coach ourselves. You know, I think we were meant to be able to coach others and allow others to coach us. Mm-hmm. Because if I was meant to coach myself, then Damon, why would I say anything negative myself? Because I would tell myself things so negative that I would never share, even with my worst enemy but I'm going to tell myself that. So why is it that I can tell a teammate, "Ah, don't worry about that mistake, man, shake it off. But I can't do that to myself. Right. Like I'm the judge and the jury 
and off with his head right. when I make the mistake, but I can give grace to somebody else. And that's the key, man. I think by giving grace to somebody else, encouraging them, picking them up, we pick ourselves up at the same time. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, I've heard you talk quite a bit about hinge moments. Uh, for those that don't understand what that is, could you, could you explain it to us? Got it, man. Every door has a hinge. So a door without a hinge is a wall. It just doesn't work. So if you ever hear about doors opening and closing in life, that's because of the hinge. If you ever hear of a rusty door, it's not the door that's rusty at all. It's the hinge that gets rusty. And so what's the hinge in our lives? The hinge in our lives, it's going to be that one person, that one moment or one play that makes all the difference in our lives. It's going to connect who we are with who we become. But we just don't know when that's coming. We don't know what that save is going to be. We can't know because we can't connect the dots in life looking forward. We can only connect the dots in life looking backwards and seeing, boy, meeting that person was a hinge person in my life because they connected me with, with who I eventually became, you know? So we can only connect the dots looking backwards in life and seeing the impact of that one play, one, one person. And here's the beauty about it. And this is the real importance of mental toughness is that no matter how bad our situation is, no matter how bleak an outcome looks, it only takes one. It takes one save to turn an entire game around, right? It takes one game, one game to turn an entire season around. And that's what we're getting ready for. We're getting ready for that one moment that we don't know what it looks like or who it's going to be. But that's the importance of never taking anything for granted, any practice that we have for granted, because we don't know when that hinge moment is going to happen. But I always believe in this one. This one's from Peyton Manning. And he said, look, when your moment hits, it's too late to prepare. Like you have to be ready. And that's the importance of the preparation, importance of the mental game. And that's what the hinge moments are all about. I think we're going to have multiple hinge moments in our lives. The tragedies that happen in our life, they're immediate hinge moments because from that moment on, everything's different. You know, cancer, death of a loved one, pandemics. Like once these tragedies happen, you know, a bad injury, everything's different from that moment. But we don't know the impact of other hinge moments until later on, weeks, months, years later. But that's the importance of those hinge moments and the importance of mental toughness. Gotcha. So the idea is we do not know when these moments are going to come. They could be um, like on the surface, they could be like negative things, you know, going through an injury, tearing your ACL. I, I know, I think I read you had a, a, a near-death experience if, if I'm if I'm correct. So it could be these things. And it's like when those moments happen in our lives, like we need to be prepared for them is, is, is the idea there. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times, like we're not prepared for the tragedies that happen in our lives, but, but that's just the point of when those do happen, those are going to be immediate and we'll know them. Yeah. Um, you also worked, like I said, impressive resume at the beginning of the show. You, you also worked as a PGA tour caddy. Is that, did it, is that right? Yeah, I've caddied, you know, just for my clients. So got it. probably a little over 20 PGA events. Yeah, yeah so that's so interesting. What, a, what, a, yeah. what, a, what an amazing thing to have a, a mental toughness coach as, as your caddy. So are you, I mean, you're not telling them like, I think you should hit a seven iron here. It's more like mental toughness lessons as you go along or is it a little bit of both? Well, it's, it's always both. I mean, it's always, it's always getting back to our preparation. You know, we play like we train. And so even in the preparation for those tournaments, those are going to be a lot of cues, a lot of mental toughness aspects to it. When it becomes the play, it's, it's always getting back to, especially those guys, the execution of the shot. 
and yeah, I mean, there's going to be mental components that get to it, but um, you know, what's the information and what's, what do we need at this moment? And then it's, you know, in between shots where the mental game really takes hold, you know, and whether it's whatever that person's demon is going to be, if it's a bad attitude, if it's not letting go mistakes, if it's not believing in themselves or committing to the shot. So that's, there's this, you know, becomes kind of twofold and especially in the middle of the shots is when the mental game is, is so important. Mm-hmm. What kind of um, conversations do you have like leading up, leading up to that event? Well, I think it's, it's knowing what's well, number one, assessing where they are mentally, assessing where the confidence level is, where their focus is, mm-hmm. where the hurts, hangups and headaches that are happening. Yeah. And what is it that they really want to improve in terms of their process with the things that they can control? What are they focused on? Too often when we set goals they are all outcome-based goals and they're out of our control, but what do, what are we trying to make happen? That's not quite happening or that we're doing, but we just want to do better. So those were a lot of those conversations uh, surround. Got it. Got it. One of the feelings that lacrosse goalies um, tell me is, you know, this feeling that like, Oh, if only I could have made like two more saves, I, I'm, I'm letting the team down. You know what I mean? Cause, cause as a, the, the position of goalies in general, like you make a mistake, it's, it's on the scoreboard right? Like if an attack guy takes a bad shot or he loses the ball, it's not an instant, you know, an instant negative stimulus, like, like us lacrosse goalies and and goalies in general have to face. So there's this feeling of like, oh man, like I put so much pressure on myself. What would you tell a goalie who is, who is struggling with those uh, types of feelings? Well, you're not going to have any comfort. That's the first thing, right? Like if you're seeking comfort, in those kinds of situations, then you're in the wrong sport, right? You really are. You're in the wrong position. So there's not going to be any comfort. So back to that original point, do you want the pressure of it? If you want the pressure, if you want the opportunity to make the save, then you have to be willing to be in the opportunity to give up a goal. You can't have it both ways, right? Like, so not looking at it as that it's going to be comfort, but that it's an opportunity. It's going to be an opportunity to make the important saves. Yes you're going to give up yeah. goals too, but you I mean, you have the opportunity to make the important ones. And then back to the original point, I mean, too often we're just looking in the rear view mirror of life when we got to be looking through the windshield and we're focused on what happened last game or what happened a goal ago when the really tough ones are focused on what's coming up ahead and making the next one, which is the most important one, man. Yeah. And, that, and that's it. Like it's wanting to be in those situations. You want to be in those situations, you're going to fail. That's part of it. But the more and more you're in those situations, the better you're going to get at it, the more experience you're going to get at it. And you're going to be making them the saves too. That's the way that, that it happens. You can't have comfort and opportunity at the same time. They don't, they don't coexist. Yeah. I love that. It reminds me, I was interviewing this pro goalie. Um, his name is Jake Stover. Uh, and his dad was in the, is uh, was an NFL kicker. And um, he gave him this tip that like this mental attitude of like, I want the ball. I want the ball. Like I want to be able to take that kick. Not like, Oh man, I hope I don't miss this field goal. Right. It's, it's a, it's a complete mentality shift. We're like, you want the ball. And I I love what you just said there because you, you have to want that responsibility. And with that comes, you know, the respect that lacrosse goalies get, right. And you can't have both. You can't, you can't like not have that, um, you know, not have that pressure, but then also have the respect. So I I love that. It's a whole package. And Stover was an incredible field goal kicker because yeah. of that. Yeah, I love it. Um, awesome. Um, let's see. So 
how do you, um, if we could talk about like the, those, you had like a climbing accident where we're like, um, you know, I, I'll let you tell the story, but like almost nearly near death experience. Did that, how, how has that played into your, into your mental toughness, do you think? Well, it wasn't a climbing accident. It was just being drunk and have no idea where I was. So that was where college came to be. And I was really off on the bad, bad path, man, and ended up walking off an 80 foot cliff. Ooh. And in every bad situation, like some good is going to come out of it. And it was really, it was the gift of gratitude that came back from it. It was a gift of perspective because when we really experienced real pain, even though it was as hard as it is physically, the emotional pain was a lot more difficult. Um, knowing that I was given a second chance. And if you're ever given a second chance in life, you got to go all the way. You're not going to blow yeah. it. Yeah. And that was, that was the gift that came from that one. And I really felt, you know, when people go through tragedies and they, they're, they're given a gift of perspective and gratitude that not everybody has because us as humans, we take things for granted. It's just how, what happens. But um, that was the gift and wasn't going to blow it the second time. Man. And that, that's, that's how that came to fruition. I think manifested itself. Nice. Yeah, great point. Um, you mentioned their gratitude. That's another lesson in the thirty-day in the thirty-day challenge, uh, and one that I've started to do daily. I would I wouldn't say before this challenge I I did it, um, and it is you know it's sort of I think it's scientifically proven that when we um, are are gracious, when we give gratitude in the mornings, you just like feel better. Right. And that's a huge aspect of mental toughness. That's what you were talking about earlier with confidence, right? Is, is it's a feeling and guess what? Like being gracious and, and gratitude in the morning can really help that. Right. It does, man. And it's the whole attitude of like, look, I don't have to do these sprints. I get to do these sprints. Mm -hmm. And we like, well, why would anybody say that? Because, you know, what's going to happen is your career is going to end. And the things that you're going to remember, you're going to remember the practices, you remember the tough times, the adversity that you overcame, and you're going to remember the locker room and the bus rides. Yep. The games, man, they come and they go, but it's the lessons that you get from that stuff. So I remember thinking back of, you know, soccer, and we used to have this hill that we'd always run. And coach said, you don't have to run it, man, you get to run it. And it didn't dawn on me at the time about what he meant. But the fact is, is like, well, when you just focus on, man, I'm able-bodied, buddy. I get to be out here and play. There's the gratitude. And the more and more we can do that in all areas of our life, the small things and really specific things, it's gratitude is fun, is memories of the heart. And we're reminded of ourselves of all the things that we're grateful for. And it changes our whole attitude and perspective. And, and that's where I think that we're coming out of place from abundance rather than scarcity. And I got to get mine and no one else can get theirs. And then that's where it becomes, you know, uh, it infiltrates all areas of our life in a good way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was another lesson of the, of the boot camp was this concept of scarcity versus abundance. And one thing maybe I didn't quite understand is like, you could help me understand it, you know, in, in sports, like there is a winner, right? Like there is a winner, there is a loser on the scoreboard. So how do you uh, frame that in the sense of, of abundance, like in that concept where, where like there is one starter, there is one, you know, there's, there's one goalie, there's one winner. Um, what, what's your thoughts there? Well, yeah. And, and that's, 
you got to look at it in terms of like, look, this is a campaign. It's not just one game, one match, not just one opportunity. Yeah. It's going to take all, you, all, all one chance is all you need. One, one starting chance is all you need. So it's, it gets into hope and knowing that you're going to get that opportunity. Um, and losses, although they're difficult, they're bruises, they're not tattoos. You know what I mean? Look, there's going to be losses. There's going to be setbacks. That's not what it's about. What it's really about is, are we getting better? And what, what in the areas that we can control, you know, if our process was bad, you know, if we didn't do the right passes, man, if we weren't dialed in as a team, that's the point of where we need to get better at. Mm -hmm. If another team just outplayed us or had better schemes, man, but that's part of life, you know, nobody yeah. goes through life with an abundance of just only green lights. You know, there's going to be a lot of reds and there's going to be a lot of yellows. So, the abundance mentality when that comes into play is like, look, there's going to be a next practice. There's going to be a next game. And how can we be the best at getting better? And then it becomes a focus, not just so much on the outcome, man, but the process about how we're approaching. Yeah. Things. Yeah. I love that. That's good. Yeah. And it's, it's that, that hope, almost that, that belief that knowing, all right, I'm going to get a shot at some point. Right. And, and when that opportunity comes, like, are you going to be prepared or, or have you spent the last month sulking that you're the backup goalie and you're not, you know, you're not getting the, the reps with the ones. So. And, and then what, and then what we, what's the skill we're really dealing with, man? I haven't let go of that mistake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, that haunts, that's that haunts us lacrosse goalie so much because <laughs> it's such a quick game too, you know, like, um, you're thinking about, oh man, like I should have made that save. And then like, literally there's another shot right on you and boom, there's another goal. And then there's another one and, and the now the crowd's on you and it's, it's tough. So you've got, you've got to, uh, be able to refocus. Um, but luckily we've got our, our refocus routine that you've taught us. Yeah, man. I like it. I like it. Um, so what is the, um, what is the new book about puke and rally? So, I know it's a bit of a cheeky title, but it is sticky. People aren't going to forget puke and rally, That's but right. uh, the fact of puke and rally, it's not about the setback. It's about the comeback. Mm -hmm. And look, we've all thrown up in life. I hate throwing up, but we've all done it, but it's not about the puke. That's important. What happens when we puke, right? Is we actually feel better from it for a while, but what does it take to rally? So the fact of, look, we're going to make mistakes. That's not the, the point. The point is, is how do we bounce back from that? And there's a lot of different pieces in this book that I think haven't been touched on, such as, um, you know, it's, it's not the one goal that we give up. It's the next play, the most important one. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we're going to give up goals, but when we get stuck inside our own head, like I've said, you know, that's when, that's when it becomes a snowball effect. And then we're letting up multiple ones, but, you know, I've, I've researched, so many successful people in life and their hinge moments. And the one piece that I've come to realize is that everybody who's been successful was told or shown through their circumstance that you're not good enough, you can't do it, don't try it. Everybody was told that. And what I've discovered is that those puke moments, being told by a coach that you're not good enough, or you're not a starter, you, you can't play D1 level or whatever that's going to be. Those are the puke moments. But why is it that everybody who's been successful had that? 
I've, I've yet to come across somebody that has it. And the reason why is because it's a, you can't be on the fence during those moments. You're going to believe that negative voice that somebody said about you, or you're really going to believe in yourself. And the people that are successful believe in themselves and what they can do. Those that don't go down that path of believing that negative voice. And that's the voice then that, you know, becomes the puppet master in their life. And it's a fish or cup bait moment. You can't be on the fence during this. You're going to believe that negative voice or you're going to believe in yourself. And that's what puke and rally is all about. And that's what every successful person had somebody that told them that. And that is what propelled them to greatness. Wow. What if, uh, what if a goalie or an athlete hasn't had someone tell them that yet? That you're not good enough? Yeah. Okay. Oh, don't worry. You will. <laughs> you know. And the point about it is this, is the younger you can actually uh, experience that, the better you're going to get at it later on. You mm-hmm. see what happens, what I've seen is that people that are told how great they are, and then when they go to college, and then everyone around them is great, or they you know, don't get that starting spot, or you know, even if it's after college, Man, they are the ones that struggle because they've never rode the pine before. They've never rode the bench yeah. before. They've always yeah. been the starter. Look, at some point, everybody is great around you. And it becomes how you deal, handle, and cope with those setbacks that are that are really going to propel somebody to greatness. The better, like, if you hear it early on and you're able to navigate that, and here's the thing, we got to have somebody alongside us that tells us at the same time, man, don't listen to that person. You don't listen to that. You can do it. You need that person alongside you as well, because mm-hmm. I believe no one gets there alone. But it's those that hear that early on, man, they become better at coping with it later on and dealing with it later on. Those that for the first time they hear it, man, is when they're 23. Those yeah. are the ones that really struggle because they were all told along about how great they were. And well, all of a sudden they look around. Now everybody's great. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like a, like, you know, a literal verbal, like you're not going to make it. It could be like, you're not the starter, right? Like, I mean, that could be circumstance can tell you, you bet. Yeah, exactly. And that could be the moment of, or you could be, you know, like Michael Jordan, get cut from your, from your high school, from your high school team. And that could be, you know, the, the, that moment. And and I love that. It's, it's very, um, like you said, it's very polarizing, right? You're going to either believe that and go down that route. And those are not the successful folks we hear from, or you're going to be talking about that incident and, um, and saying, Hey, that really motivated me. Absolutely. man. Or you could be like Michael Jordan and have everything, everything motivate you, you know, just, just one bad, one bad look. And you're like, eh, I use that for motivation. <laughs> and that's what the best, you know, seem to do. They're able to find that motivation yeah. from different, uh, from any kind of avenue that they need. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Dr. Bell, thank you so much for, for coming on and chatting. This has been, this has been a pleasure. Um, you know, it's like I said, it's one mental toughness is one area that lacrosse goalies and, and, you know, athletes in general struggle with. And I'm so glad that uh, we've got folks like you out there kind of helping us out and kind of showing us the way. So I went through that 30 day, um, no one gets there alone challenge, highly recommend it. You have some other challenges, right? I've got tons of them, man. I mean, we do them all the time, buddy. Okay. You know it, man. Yeah. If people want to get on my newsletter, man, the easiest way is, um, you know, just go on the website, drrobbell.com, or they can, if they want a free ebook, um, best mental toughness quotes that will make you better, mm-hmm. just text 33444 and text uh, Dr. Rob Bell there in the subject, just D-R-R-O-B-B-E-L-L, all one word, no, no capitals, no spaces, and get that ebook right away, man. And you'll be, you'll be privy to all the challenges we got coming up. 
Awesome. Well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that as soon as we hang up here. Um, and I'll link, I'll link up to uh, all those things we talked about when this show comes out. And uh, once again, Dr. Bell, thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Coach. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with sports psychology expert, mental toughness coach. That was Dr. Rob Bell. Really, really interesting insights when we think about the mental game, right? One of the things I love the most is this idea that you cannot coach yourself. Well, you can, but it's extremely difficult. It's extremely hard, and probably only the most elite mentally tough people can actually coach themselves. It is so much easier to coach others. It's very easy to say to some goalie, to say to another goalie, hey, don't worry about that one. You're going to get the next one. It's very hard to say that to yourself. But the magical thing about that is once you start coaching others, you're actually helping yourself, right? As you light up that lantern for another, you're illuminating your own path. It is a beautiful, beautiful concept and something that, um, after listening to Dr. Rob Bell say it, struck a chord with me. It's just so, so true. All right, so that will do it for this week's episode. Once again, that was Dr. Rob Bell, mental toughness coach. I hope you guys learned a thing or two about mental toughness that you can use in your own lacrosse goalie game. All right. Let me know how it goes. Take some of those mental lessons and apply them out on the field. And like I said, let me know how it goes. Get out there. Get your work in. Do well. Be well. I'm Coach Damon. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson. 